0: to Twin Peaks Unwrapped. I'm your host, Ben Durant, and beside me is... Brian Kozaska. Hi, Brian. Ben, how's it going? Long time no see. Oh, yeah, long time. (laughs) (laughs) We've got another show from our book, and uh, I think this is a special one. We've got two interviews we did, and they really kind of complement each other, and I think that's one. We tried to do that in our book, Twin Peaks Unwrapped, that you can find at bluerosemag.com, and that's something that we kind of combined together because they kind of complemented each other. And I thought we would share that as well on the on our show here. Who do we have that we are interviewing today? So we have Johanna Ray.
1: Now she was the person who casted the Twin Peaks, you know, the original she,
0: Twin Peaks, right from the beginning.
1: Yeah. So, and it's interesting because we got her, which was kind of like a big get because a lot of people we spoke to
0: oh her name would always come up yeah, yeah and in this even in season 3 her name would come up cuz she was still doing the casting for that so yeah it was always it was always kind of one of the things we get we, we focus so much on behind the scenes of the actors and sometimes producers and things but why not have also the casting director as well
1: yeah so you know we get her on and she is absolutely a sweetheart and mm. i could see why people love her so much i mean if you're a huge twin peaks fan like us you know her son Eric Del Rey,
0: is Leo. in Leo, Leo Johnson he's not done an interview with he many all at all. Interviews. I can't no. recall a lot of interviews he's done over the 30 years I mean he's kind of he kind of went away from a lot of the acting already from Twin Peaks and kind of did his own thing for many many years so it, I don't think it's even easy to get find him or get in touch with him but if anybody can get can reach out to him it's his mom
1: Yes, so we asked politely after our interview, we talked to her off the mic a little bit because she was just so nice to talk to. And we asked her and she she gladly said, "Yeah, you know, I will send him a message and we'll get back to you. And we got a chance to actually talk to Eric. And then a week later, we actually met him in person. What are at, the chances, huh? Isn't
0: that yeah, crazy at, how that lined up?
1: Yeah, it's the shock and jock. Uh, thing in, in Boston. Worcester,
0: Massachusetts.
1: Yeah, we met with our longtime buddy, uh, Joel Baco, who was the first time meeting him in person. So yes. it was kind of an extra special night.
0: <laughs> I know, because it was, it was kind of like a Comic-Con type of, of an event where there's a lot of celebrities and you can run into people and take their picture and stuff. So it was kind of cool to be able to talk with Eric uh, on the phone for the book and then to actually get to meet him in person. That, that was pretty special.
1: He, he just got into the whole con circuit. You know, this is kind of like he dipped his toes. He, he was convinced he should do this. And we got to meet him. Ray Wise was there. Uh, Sherilyn Fenn was there. Uh, we have a great photo of all of us. that's on social media right now, if anybody wants to check that out. So we got mother and son on the show. And um, I hope you guys enjoy it. Because honestly, this is like, it was one of those perfect situations. It all worked out. It all came out, even Stevens for us. So, so cool. Hi, Ben. Hi, Brian. How are you? Good, good. How are you?
2: Good, thank you. So we're going to talk about uh, Twin Peaks. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you know, boy, I mean, it's so great to get to talk to you. We have talked to so many uh, of the actors and cast, and your name always comes up. They always talk about their first audition and always working with you. So it's it's a pleasure to get to talk to you.
2: Oh well, thank you, thank you.
0: So I, it's been a, it really has been like thirty years since you uh, first worked on Twin Peaks. How did you get started with it?
2: It certainly has been thirty years. <laughs> Well, I guess I got started because of having worked with David, you know, since Blue Velvet. So, thankfully, he automatically came to me for Twin Peaks.
0: What was the casting process like? And, like, I wonder what uh, direction that does David give you when it comes to casting?
2: Very little. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
0: And... A lot of people say that he, for the most part, he doesn't even do like readings. I mean, a lot of times it's the photos and <laughs> that he goes off the of. feeling.
2: Exactly. I I learned the hard way when I was doing Blue Velvet that uh, he literally cast off the photos and, and in particular, and I and I said, "But David, that's not a good actor, you know." Mm. <laughs> so uh, from then on, I knew not to show him photos of anyone who I didn't <laughs> believe were were, were good. Yeah, wow! And and it's funny because
0: you know, in in preparing for this book, one of the persons that the the actor who played Jonathan, I think his name is Mac, he was saying that like he had heard that David didn't want like his photo, and that he wasn't sure he was the right part for season two. And then when he when David met him, he was like, "Oh, you don't look anything like your photo," and he, he was okay after that.
2: Exactly. So what I started doing because of that, from then on, you know, on other projects. I would take photos of all the actors that I knew or thought that David would like or who I thought were exceptionally talented. And so after Twin Peaks, he would say, Joanna, bring me up your photo albums and let's go through them. And that's how he thats how he cast Mulholland Drive. Wow.
1: Wow, that's pretty that's cool. Something.
2: And it's yeah. funny, Mulholland
0: Drive, you always think that is the girl or something like that. Yeah. Right? Or that's, <laughs> it really does go that, to do that.
2: Um, Uh, He did that with Laura, yes,
0: absolutely. Um, We always talk about David, but uh, what was Mark Frost's uh, involvement with casting?
2: He was very involved. In fact, uh, he would, if David wasn't quite sure, he would, um, you know, he would back me up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We talked with, uh, uh, I think, Bobby Bauer, is it, Uh, who played Johnny Horn, and he said that that uh, Mark was there with him, and I don't—they weren't really lines, but he would just have uh, talk with him. And... Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, Mark was in. I mean, I met with all the actors; I had meetings with them, and sometimes Mark would sit in with me. Yes, mm-hmm. that was the case. It was actually a very unusual experience for me, just because I wasn't working out of an office, because we were working out of propaganda films, and uh-huh. that was very very modern high-tech space way ahead of its time and so nobody had their own office everybody sat at large tables Wow! and so it was really difficult with people on phones around me hmm. <laughs> you know all the video directors and the commercial directors and it was it, it took some getting used to actually I never got used to it but yeah but got through it <laughs>
0: It was after the first season that they did get their own warehouse, and it, came, it kind of became their own studio. Is that right? right.
2: Yes, yes. Well, they shot. Yeah, they shot. Um, the fir- yeah, you're right. After the first season. Yeah, after after the pilot.
0: Yeah. Oh right! It was after the pilot that they kind of right yeah got they had space, and so with Mark, um, at times he would he would actually get his own friends to be part of Twin Peaks. Like I think of Invitation to Love. I think maybe it's his brother-in-law, and he knew some friends. And how does something like that work? Where you're the you're the casting <laughs> director, and he just does he come to you and say, "Hey, I have some people I think would be great f- to be part of this." Or? Yeah, he's done
2: that. Yes, yeah. and with Mark, you know, I I totally you know. I don't even question the actor's ability, and oftentimes I know them who they are anyway because you know they're good. The, his suggestions are all good people and good actors, so it's actually very helpful. in In his case, it's very helpful. In other people's cases, it isn't necessarily that way when they come up with their suggestions.
0: And you talked about you know sometimes the the, the photos didn't always work for David. Were there times where you had to maybe persuade him? It's like this is the right actor. Like, this is the right person that you want to hire.
2: Yes, I, there were times. I'm trying to think specifically on Twin Peaks. My memory doesn't serve me well enough.
0: I think I've heard. I've heard what James Marshall might have been one of those persons. I'm not.
2: Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. No, I can't remember showing David anyone else actually. Oh, that's cool.
0: <laughs> nice. Because
2: it's not often. More than not, it's not like I show him a lot of people. You know, he just he will go with the first person he likes. And yeah. sometimes that's the only person he sees.
0: Nice. And do you have a favorite, like, audition meeting, even from the, the original series or the new series?
2: A favorite?
0: Yeah, like, was there one that like, boy, this was a great meeting to meet with people and gonna kind of get the vibe for them and knowing that they were the right part for the show? It's um, a loaded question. <laughs>
2: uh, well, always when I meet with actors, I try to Conduct the meeting like it's not professional. We're just getting to know each other, and uh, and that's basically how David passed He wants to get the inner, you know, the inner soul of the person more than anything else. It seems. I don't. I'm trying to remember if if I had any meetings with anyone who I thought, oh, they're not going to
0: work out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's something
2: and david also what david does too he doesn't necessarily stay to what how the characters described in the script if he likes if if he clicks and likes with the actor he'll hire them for a role that they that is not the way it's described in the script
0: We spoke with Sherilyn Fenn, and she had gotten notes basically saying she should have been more positive in in the meeting with David, and yet David did actually create a whole new part for her. What do you think David saw in her that that she became part of the show?
2: I think what everybody else in Hollywood (laughs) saw. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, she, she was, I hate to speak in the past tense, but she was like the of all the young actors around she was the beauty and you know i hate to use the word sexy but you know she has a a certain sensuality about her and stunningly beautiful yeah so that came as no surprise
0: can you tell us more about like your role like does your role end when the filming starts or is there still things that you're doing while the production's going on
2: well in this case i went up to seattle to do the local casting we had a local casting director there who brought in her best actors and then i would meet with them and narrow down you know who to show david and that was right before i was up there literally no i I was there during actually filming but i think i finished the casting process as of then but on the most recent Twin Peaks, I was casting all through production and all through the shoot. Oh, wow.
0: That is something else.
2: Like, like, for instance, I had seven months pre-production to bring in actors, put them on tape for David to see and putting the their conversations on tape, not a reading or an audition, just chatting with them so that David, when he looked at the tape, he could feel like he was in the same room with me at that time Wow. and he would he would take a long time studying each actor um listening to what they're saying but you know getting that inner sense of who they are and worked for seven months doing that and then it was a seven month shoot and basically was still casting to the, the very end
0: wow wow yeah, I would imagine this must be one, probably one of the biggest uh, projects you've ever been involved with. I mean, there was over 200 people cast. I mean. Wow. Oh, I
2: know. I know. It was pretty exhausting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> your son Eric, who we all know is Leo, actually, was he like your assistant in the original series?
2: Yes. Yeah, he was my assistant, and, you know, we were working at a table together, usually the assistants in a different room from me, um, but we were sitting next to each other at a table. We didn't have any choice, and it was right when we first started making deals with the stars, and APC had insisted on seeing David's Choices audition, so... David had all the actors that we'd cast in the room. So, you know, David hated doing that. And I think it was, personally, I think it was insulting to him. Mm. Um, On that particular day, and I was negotiating deals. And David said, can you come in and fill in and read for the roles that we haven't cast? And I couldn't. So I sent Eric in.
3: Uh, I was working in production at Propaganda Films, and then I was assisting my mom in the casting of it. And it was pilot season, which, you know, a lot of the actresses come in till after like 10 p.m. because they were shooting pilots mm-hmm. for other networks, and they asked me if I'd stay because I was there late anyway and read with them, which I really didn't want to do. I was kind of quite embarrassed to do that. but I, So I reluctantly did it. Uh, one night and i did it a second night and then i think i did it like two or three times and then uh, david went to new york i don't know if i'm getting this order in perfect uh i don't know if it exactly went like this maybe it was a few more times than that and david went to new york to look for people as well actors there and uh in fact from if i remember correctly at the time he he Brad Pitt read for my role. Wow, <laughs> and, uh, that Richard mean... Tyson. If you remember him at the time, do you remember Richard Tyson? I can't.
0: I can't remember Richard no. Tyson. No.
3: He 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 did that film with Sherilyn Fenn That was kind of. Uh, they made a big ordeal.
0: Was, moon, a Boxing it. It was, Helena no Moon Junction. What it was called? Was that maybe? That's it. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, Man, yeah. A real
3: promising you know <laughs> guy that i don't know what happened to him but, yeah you know that was it but he read him and brad pitt and then he called me from new york at the production office that night and offered me the part and i thought so i think i said to him i said you're full of shit even though i didn't. <laughs> I, I wasn't on a relationship with him well enough to talk to him like that yeah. but i really thought he was pulling my leg and he said you know he wasn't laughing he, he said told me not to laugh and he goes i mean it will you consider it and i said sure and wow. the next thing i knew that was it
2: and that's how he got cast he um i don't know if he read just for the leo role or others also but after it finished david came up to me and he kind of was very secretive he said joanna he said uh, eric is amazing can hmm. i have your permission to cast him
3: Aww. Well, what's funny is he had said originally, if I'm not mistaken, that I reminded him a lot of Dennis Hopper when he was early. And that was one of the things that intrigued him. What a great compliment. I guess. (laughs) (laughs) That is a good one. I I did a film with Dennis Hopper later and I actually uh, got into it with him. (laughs) Oh, really? Really? Yeah. I mean, I just, I did it for a director that was my neighbor. And he asked me if I'd do a favor in a, a film that he was doing. His name was Kiko Kawasaki. I think he's passed away. He was a mm-hmm. Japanese American director and Dennis Hopper was in it in Talia Shire. And he just wanted me to come in there and play a bartender that gets a drunk Dennis Hopper out of the bar. But he said now in private, he said, he said to me, he said, now when you get to the car, I want you to just lift him, literally pick Dennis up and put him like in the car. And I did it. And Dennis, while they were filming, I picked him up and his eyes opened wide. And he looked at me and he said, what the fuck do you think you're doing? Put me in the fuck down. Oh. I'm still holding him up. And then I did I did that. I put him down and I looked at Keiko. Kiko. The director on the side, I said, if he says one more word to me in that tone, I'm gonna fucking kill him. <laughs> <Everybody>. <laughs> if he says one more fucking word like that, and then he pulls him off to the side and says, tells him who my father is. He says, he tells Dennis, you know who that is. Da, da, da. And then after that, Dennis was just, excuse me. I mean, I, I like him at this point, but he was just. Uh, enamored by that and kissing my ass because of who my dad was. He said how much he loved my dad and all this and that. And I went, well, okay, that's fine. But if he wasn't my father, you're an asshole.
0: (laughs) (laughs) In episode two, there's a scene with uh, Bobby and Leo in the woods and there's a yes. flashlight and a football. I've heard yes. that you ad-libbed uh, Leo Needs a New sh- new Shoes. Is that true?
3: <laughs> yes, because it was one of those moments, it was like 4 o'clock in the morning, we're in Malibu Canyon, and very unusual for California. It was below freezing when we shot that. Yeah. And it, that, again, was at like 4 o'clock in the morning, and we were out there, and I just, when this, he said action, uh, I think it was Dana did his dialogue to me and i i just had no recollection of what my lines were or anything but i just kept staring at him and gave it off of camera said don't cut <laughs> don't cut he goes, and i just sat there and he just let me just stand there in complete you know just i didn't know what i was doing i didn't know what my yeah. lines were or anything and then that's i looked down at my shoes and that's where leo's it was like I had no idea what the line was. I still to this day don't remember what it was because it became that, you know? And yeah. it was a one take thing. Who's that?
0: Is there someone with you? Never mind. Toss it over here, quarterback. It's empty. Is that right? Weren't you supposed to leave something in there for me? This barely covers what we paid for. Where's the rest? Where's the rest of the money? There's a... There's a problem. Problem? Laura had the other half in a safe deposit box. Think you got problems? We can get it, Leo. Just wait till everything settles down. You punks owe me 10 grand. Leo needs a new pair of shoes. Okay. And if anything, it became, it, it seemed like something that became part of the story because like in the second season, there's a clue at, at Leo's house and it, it has to do with boots. But then I think yes. when David Lynch comes back to direct, I think it's episode 14, his, the big Who Killed Laura Palmer reveal. Yeah. And um, yeah. Leo is in a coma and he's like, new, new shoes. I was in the body. Bobby, look around you. You really think that Leo had money?
1: Yes, I do. If from the look of this checkbook, I don't think he ever stepped foot into a bank. He must have been hiding in something. He's
0: alive. There she
3: is. Bobby, he's
0: alive!
3: <laughs> well, you know what's funny? I let me reiterate, day when I forgot my lines, that's what it was. Finally, after looking at Dana for about 45 seconds, and clearly I forgot him, I just looked straight down at the ground. You know, I just looked straight down at my ground, at the ground, appearing like I was looking directly at my shoes. And that's when David said, "You need new shoes. <laughs> 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 and that's when I, I said, okay, that must be what he wants me to say. And I said it. That's how that all
1: uh,
0: came about.
3: He did, he did say that to me offline because I was looking down at my feet, still silent. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Did you have favorite so, directors? Were there certain people that you enjoyed uh, being, you know, being on the set with? Being on the set with... Well, I mean, like... like was well, there... Mike,
3: Mike, Michael Horst, always. Yeah. Uh, generally, everybody. Um, it's a sh- I am actually leaving for Boston on uh, Thursday night to do uh, a, just an autograph signing thing, and I'm actually going to be with Ray Wise yes. uh, uh, up there. And he, I didn't really get to know him during the show. I went to Italy with him on a publicity thing, when we were doing the show, and he's just, he's great. And I was just sorry that I never was able to work with him before that because he's a great guy, lots of fun. And it's one of the fondest memories I have of the whole thing was going to Italy with him. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm really looking forward to seeing him this time around because I haven't seen him since then, so it's been about 25 years
0: so there's kind of like three versions of Leo there's Leo that I think he's kind of the bad boy yeah there's Leo the coma guy and then there's Leo who's kind of like the victim prisoner of Wyndham Earl what which version of Leo did you enjoy playing most oh
3: definitely' the first the, yeah. the, you know the nasty Leo I mean the, the the actual like I said I wasn't planning on being an actor it kind of fell on my lap so when the the whole Wyndham Earl thing came up it was like it was just Sprung on me okay'm now I'm a quadriplegic, you know slobbering you know <laughs> uh, a physical being, and I just was like, oh I don't i at that point, the one thing I really didn't like about it was is the kind of continuity in the show was really starting to lose itself mm-hmm. from scene to scene, and I felt that was a real dramatic stretch to begin with, and my character you know, yeah. for, for such a short time period. So I, I didn't enjoy really playing the character that in that manner so mm. much as well as I didn't like the fact that that's where the direction it went. You know what I mean? Cause there, I knew it kind of, there's nowhere to really go from there. It was almost like it, it was designed to end, you know, yeah. like that was part part of this the show ending was, that's how i felt and coincidentally i think it really was i mean it there was demu- the it, it the whole character development from there on was right up till the show got canceled yeah pretty much and it i was kind of you know was let, i may have died at the end you didn't know for sure
0: Right.
1: Yeah, it's ambiguous.
0: Well, the funny thing is, it's yeah. like you're you're holding uh, Leo's holding rope for a spider, but I, I don't think spider's gonna kill him. Yeah, right.
1: those, I mean, those spiders would fall on you, and you yeah, stand <laughs> up, and they would hit the ground. You could step on them.
0: Right. Or, yeah, you shouldn't have died. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, part of it was tr- it was just the fact that the, it, there was nowhere for your character to go. Yeah, they like, wrote you into yeah,
1: a corner. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, there wasn't a lot of development in the first place, too. You
3: know what I mean? In the yeah. first place. There wasn't a lot. There was no background really of him previously, or where he came from, and mm. so on and so forth. How he met Shelley, where they you know that whole thing. I mean, not even it wasn't even you know. I guess it, it didn't matter at that point. But to get to where they did so quickly in two seasons, but uh, the character was just just too much too fast. And I think the the thing that was really Killed me because I wasn't there when they were shooting it. was when Nadine Hurley got superhuman strength. I was like, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's going somewhere else. You yes, know? yes. And they're taking some chances here, I think. And that, you know, a little too. Who knows what would have happened? You right. know, who knows?
0: So yeah. you, you, you were also part of uh, Firewalk with Me. Um, I think it was one of the deleted scenes, which we now call the missing pieces. But how did you get involved with that? Did David say, hey, we'd love you to be part of the movie? Yeah, I don't actually, when I saw the film, the scene
3: was in there. I don't know if it ended up... I know there was another scene. In fact, a lot of people were making reference to me up in the Seattle thing. Yeah. There was a dialogue that they kept saying, repeating to me, and like, I should know what they're talking about. This is where we live, Shelley? This is where we live, Shelley. Uh, this yes. Is, this yes. Is where we, and I had no idea what the what the, what they were talking
2: about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Someone who knows how to clean, knows where the object was before she started cleaning. And then that object goes back to the same exact spot. Shelley, I know where everything in this house is. Sometimes on the road, I mentally go through this whole house and picture where item is.
3: Lay off the bannies, Leo.
0: Anybody can clean the surface of an object. But dirt can find its way anywhere. To really clean, you have to scrub below the surface. Where the dirt is, Shelly! There is... That's one thing you're going to learn. How to clean. It takes scrubbing, Shelly. There is no easy way. This is where we live, Shelly!
2: As if I didn't know
3: and then finally, one of the guys that was up there that did it every year, he goes, I go, I asked him, he said it to me, and I said, What is that? And he goes, You don't remember? And I said, No, what? And he, he reminded me of it. It was instant recognition. Yeah. And I think that is the, that's what ended up in the deleted scenes.
0: You're right. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a yeah. of it. Yeah. And of course, your character Leah was in the very last night of uh, of Laura Palmer's death. Yeah, you were in that yeah. very end there. Yeah. Yes, yes. And how was that for yes. you? So, I mean, it's, in some ways, you get a little bit more of, a, of your story of how that whole thing happened. It was like, horrible. It yeah. was horrible because
3: I had no idea what I was doing. And I love Cheryl Lee. She was one of the first people she was with me when I went to jail. For the first mm-hmm. And uh, we became very, very close. And when at that point, she had been through everything uh, with you know, her character and developing and stuff. And I never thought in a million years, I've really felt like I was raping her Mm. and it was so unnatural and so awful feeling doing it, not comfortable. And she wasn't, she was, I mean, she was Laura at that point. I mean, it wasn't her really. It was very strange. In fact, we talked about it recently and she agreed 100%. She Mm. knew exactly what I was talking about, which is fine because I mean, maybe that's, if it made any impression, it yeah. probably made the the right one, right. you know, for right. the film. But it was yeah. very, very uncomfortable for me to be doing that with her. I don't I don't remember how much you actually saw, but
0: right. Uh, so it's still it, just a feeling of it. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, just, yeah. it's an uncomfortable
1: yeah. scene, definitely. Yes. But I mean, you don't see much. You you know the story, so it's like your your brain puts it all together, even yeah. though a lot of it's not yeah, on screen. But
3: at, at the time, though, literally, I thought really after the scene, I thought, I don't know if I can ever look at her again. You know? I yeah. know like I don't know if I could, be, you know, carry on the way we were before. Mm. Yeah. You know, it, was, it was that weird. It was that awkward.
0: Ray, Ray Wise is talking about it. how, yeah. <laughs> Ray Wise talks about how uncomfortable, I mean, he's killed yes. her a few times. Since her, yeah. yeah. And I think, yeah, I mean, for him, that he tried to laugh and have, have some good times with Sh- uh, Cheryl Lee, but it's, yeah, those are tough scenes to, I imagine, yeah. to shoot.
3: Oh, yeah, very much so, too, because I think my relationship with her outside of the show and you know, nobody really knew. You know, it wasn't like a huge family that everybody kept in contact after the show or when we were not shooting. Mm-hmm. So it was hard for anybody to know that, you know, we did have relationships beyond work, you know, yeah, if mm-hmm. we became friends or so on and so forth. So, I mean, it's hard for anybody to know that. And, it really doesn't matter anyway, you know, mm, right. You're making a movie, but yeah. you were asking me and that was really uncomfortable for me. Yeah. You know,
0: yeah, I mean, I, and that's about it. Yeah, and the audience, though, I think mean, like we've always been kind of—it's been intense. I think about the 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 soap and the sock and yes. and, and yeah. uh, hitting uh, Shelly and stuff. And I watch that, and you don't actually do anything. It's just the camera moving in on on.
3: It's
1: implied. On implied,
0: but yeah. Yeah, and Ma-
3: Angelo Badalamenti's soundtrack to it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You've casted a lot of interesting people. Some of these people who haven't, like, they were really famous years ago. I think about, like, West Side Stories, Richard Beamer and and Russ Tamlin and Peggy Lipton. And and what was that like? I mean, like, these were people that were, like, I think they were, like, icons. They were such famous people. And they had gone away. And then you bring them back in Twin Peaks.
2: Yeah, I was very happy to do that. And I know David was exceptionally happy. He loves cast... The great thing about David, aside from loving to cast people whose career has dwindled down a bit, he especially likes to cast people that he knows have been through difficulties in their life. Like, for instance, mm. if someone had had a drug addiction problem, but is over it or an mm. alco- alcoholic or had some kind of misfortune he will cost that person
0: wow that's wonderful that's Mm -hmm. really good yeah that's something
2: yeah yeah there's
0: so many stories out there like uh, i think kimmy robertson actually recommended david de to you and do do you remember that i think she gave you a photo of him or something
2: no i already knew who he was oh you did so that's her (laughs) that's
0: her version of things you knew who he was you know everybody
2: yeah. yeah no i uh yeah no, I saw him in the very first movie that he did. It was called New Year's Day. Oh, wow. And um, I was very be- best friends with his manager. So, uh, yeah, I knew him very well when I brought him in. Isn't
0: that something? Wow. That's really cool.
2: He could very well have shown shown David, you know, photo or whatever, not knowing that, uh, right. you know, he was already under consideration.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And to a lot of people, I feel like Twin Peaks is where he people like really kind of got to know him. And then he moved on to X-Files and he became a big star. And, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I had actually cast him in something else um, in a movie of the week for HBO at the time that he was being offered the X-Files. Oh, wow. And it was back and forth because he wanted to do the thing I was working on. And he wasn't sure about committing to a series, and and I can't blame him for this. I mean, it was a horrible decision for him to have to make. So one day he was doing our thing, and then next day he was doing X Files, and then we all know how it ended up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we haven't seen a lot of you but i always think you come off as the nicest guy and i always wonder like how do you find that character of leo who's like an ass and stuff like how did you become that character
3: um pretty much just you know reading it and you know having a general idea of what's going on in his relationship with her and how he treats her Mm -hmm. you know it just kind of It's just there. It's not like trying to be an asshole or trying to be a villain. It's literally kind of like what I was saying in the read through. It's like reading off the page is probably what did it because he's being very, you know, he's not being very anything with her other than speak. He speaks at her, not to her, you Mm -hmm. know, and that in itself lends itself to looking like an asshole, I think very much so, you know, Yeah, and, you know, commanding her and that and it that's kind of what i feel it is but when i look actually when i saw it after i filmed it i didn't think i came off as very uh particularly bad you know Mm -hmm. what i mean uh so I, i it's it's in the words it's in the script it's you know like i said reading off the page just like i said i didn't think it was that bad at the time i was doing it yeah and it it's funny looking at it now too they Basically, the show didn't continue because it was considered too racy and nobody wanted to, you know, put commercials to, on that time. It was too racy for yeah. television. They didn't want to put ivory soap on there or anything else. And now I look at it and it's just so tame in comparison to what it is now. It's 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 unbelievable. Yeah, it's I definitely- went to a protest in Washington, D.C. I flew there. They had a huge protest uh, at, you know, the Capitol to yeah. keep the show on the air. It
0: was yeah. hilarious. Yeah, you, there, was, there was these return par- parties. The, 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 the show was returning after being on hiatus and being almost canceled. Yeah. And you and Russ Tamlin, and I can't think of who else was there. Maybe Ken, I can't think of his last name, Shear. Uh, you guys attended oh,
3: yeah. that party. Yeah.
0: Is that the one you're talking which, about? Which one? Was it in Washington, D.C.? Yeah, it was. I think yeah, it was in Washington. Was, was I it. think it was at... Uh, um,
3: 15-minute club in Washington, D.C. Yeah, I, yes, that was it. And you know what? That was the night my, that was also the night my father died.
2: David originally was a fan of my ex-husband, of Eric's father. Yeah. And cast him in Dune. Wow. Do you do you know about this? I no, don't know no. about this. Well, he was an alcoholic, hmm. and in actual fact, he said everybody warned him about casting him and said, you know, advised him against it, but he wouldn't hear of it. And then he was required to go to Mexico, the the location, to start filming, and he took Eric with him. And he never left the hotel room. He never got into wardrobe or anything because Uh, he was drunk. uh. And David observed what Eric had to put up with by being there with him. And it really stuck in his mind. And um, I don't know if that had any influence over David Picking, you know, picking him for the role of Leo. Yeah. I know he believed in his talent, but I think I think what he had observed of Eric during that brief time in Mexico, and then Alder losing the role and, have, and Patrick Stewart ended up playing it. Oh,
0: wow.
2: Um, but I think that that had something to do with it.
3: I remember getting to the hotel and turning the TV on and boom. I mean, didn't think it was kind of actually nice thing that he was still thought of in such a, you know, he was not forgotten. I mean, it was the head of every news channel. It was, I turned it on and, uh, they actually pulled the plane in right before we're going to take off to, uh, see if I wanted to get off because he just passed away. And, uh, but, it, it was weird the going out there and having all that happen at, at the same time. But that's, you Know there's a timeline there, I remember it very specifically because that was the night he died, yeah. Denied up, yeah. Well, it's amazing
0: that you, you, you still attended the event. You were there, I think you were taking uh, signing autographs, and I think you may have got up and said some words. And, and that was so nice of you to do for the fans when I know you were you had a lot going on in your own life. Well,
3: you know what? That's why I did it, though. That's why I didn't get off the plane because I know that that's what my father would have done, you know. He, yeah, you got a commitment and you, you take care of it, you know. Uh-huh. Life 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 is what it is, and you know we all know this happens, so
0: yeah,
3: take care of your responsibilities that's the way he was, you know uh, yeah, so I was trying to make him proud of me. <laughs>
0: Uh, recently, Eric's actually come out and c- he's been involved with the community. I know yeah. that the fans are so happy to actually see him. Like he's been going to some some of these events and stuff. So it's it's just so cool that he's he's out there now.
2: Well, just went to one, um, and he had one other autograph signing in Texas. But he, I don't know why he wouldn't do it for thirty years. Yeah. Yeah yeah he could have been making all that money and he right. knew it but i think he's like his his father because his father was an actor too yeah. and just totally not into the hollywood huh. set promoting yourself thing eric so i think he thought it would be a little embarrassing but not anymore no yeah. <laughs> it's great, it's great. i think
0: yeah you know, we're all really embracing yeah. so it's wonderful uh Well, I think a lot of fans are happy that you're out and about, and and that people can that you're coming to these events. Yes, and uh, I I know I hear from a lot of fans who are excited that you're you're going to these things. Oh, me too. You know
3: what? Uh, they, they, I was told I could do this 25 years ago start doing it, and I rel- I just absolutely would not do it.
0: Yeah.
3: Uh, I just did not feel comfortable doing it, and after 25 years I'm finally, you know, I'm broken. I gotta, uh, I'm gonna fall in and do it, and I'm glad I did, because I've enjoyed it, and especially up in Seattle, not that when I did a show in Dallas was any worse or better, but the fans were real, down-to-earth, just good people. I mean, yeah. they were all great. I mean, you know, you have, you know, a mind's eye of how it may be or in in, in a negative sense. And it was nothing. There was nothing negative about anything there, Definitely. the fans or anything else. Yeah, yeah it was great.
0: recently attended the uh, Twin Peaks Festival there, the 2019 festival, and you mentioned about your, uh, some trouble you had before the, you started doing the pilot. Can you share that with us for this? For,
3: for the... Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's like, you know what? Anybody could really investigate and know that this happened, I suppose. Yeah. Or everybody's going to say, maybe I should have never said anything, but it's like I said, it's the past. When uh, I got up to uh, Washington from L.A. They had a production party the night before shooting, you know, the pilot. It was was the night before and I was with everybody having a great time and just having such a good time that we wanted to continue even though the party was over. So (laughs) somebody told me they left keys in the production vans. So Michael Horst, Cheryl Lee and I got in one of the vans, took it into town, everything else. And I don't want to get into details, but... Uh, Michael Horse had to pull me out of jail, bail me out of jail in Seattle oh. at five o'clock in the morning and drive me directly to the set. Now, keep in mind, this is my very first acting job. Oh. Very first time. My scene was the first scene to be shot of the pilot. Wow. <laughs> you know, it was totally out of order. <laughs> so I got right out of jail, right to the set, action. <laughs> so oh. literally that scene where I'm sitting across from her with a cream de looking in the ashtray. I just got to the set. From wow. jail, thank God for Michael Horst, man.
0: Yeah, <laughs> he's a great guy. He is. We've talked yeah, to him a few really times, is. and he always says such great things about you. I yes. think we've talked to him twice, and he's always saying how great you are. Oh, he's great too. I,
3: too, I mean, he, I don't think he says a bad thing about anybody. Anymore.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: The well, casting has completely changed from what it was when I first started. It's completely different.
0: Really? How, yeah.
2: How, how how, how, yeah,
0: give us an example. How, is it, how has it changed?
2: Well, electronically. Ah, right. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean
0: It's almost like instant, right? I mean, before you probably would wait a little while, and now it's kind of instantly people are getting back to you. And, uh
2: well also like for instance when I first started, you know, I would talk to the agents and the managers and they would make their recommendations and I would pick who to see, who to audition from out of their recommendations. But now every actor in town can have access to scenes from a project and they can put and they put themselves on tape. Wow. And so rather than having you know several maybe a dozen auditions a day i'm looking at hundreds of auditions on my computer
0: wow
1: that's cool Isn't that
0: unbelievable yeah i mean i guess it gives you more it gives you access to more but it's a lot more work for you too to have yeah. to go through all that
2: it, yeah it is it is and the more unfortunately the way it happens is the more you see you know, then the less you can judge. Hmm. After a while, yeah, you know, they start running. <laughs> in you know, your brain isn't as alert, or mine isn't. Right.
1: Yeah, they they say there's like a, a saying: once you have more than like twelve choices, your brain has a hard time of really making a decision. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's what. Like Netflix has caused a lot of people. You you scroll through so much, and then you're like, I can't make a decision because I have more than twelve choices. Uh-huh.
2: Exactly. And when I first started casting, we didn't we didn't um, we didn't tape anybody. There was we didn't there was no video to be able to look at after after to make a decision. In order to make a decision, you had to really take copious notes, and then mm-hmm. have the person come back again.
1: Wow. Yeah. And, and speaking of that process, we heard for season three. I'm sure it was very secretive about how you put that out there to get actors. I know a few people said to them, it sounded like they were trying out for a porno. <laughs> oh, they
0: um, didn't know what the heck. They were
1: like, <laughs> Yeah, they didn't know what they were getting involved with.
0: Um, I think that was a joke by somebody. It
1: but. could have been, but like, what was?
2: What Maybe not because the office was pretty squalid. Ah, I—I <laughs> um, I mean, if some of the actors felt that, I could understand.
0: <laughs> That's something, yeah. Because one of them was like, didn't know the address, went there, and it was like,
2: "Where am I?"
0: And yeah, so,
1: like, yeah. what, what did was, you guys put out there? Like, what was then, the?
2: It was so difficult. Then, you got there, you thought, "This, this can't be it," you know. Uh, <laughs> um, But I wasn't allowed to put anything out there. I wasn't even on the, um, what you call it? You have to sign. NDA? NDA. You're not supposed to be able to say it's even Twin Peaks. Or David Lane. Wow.
1: So what did you say it was? Like, we're doing a a show on NBC?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, fortunately, I didn't have to say much because I've been doing it long enough that Agents and managers trusted me enough that it would be a worthwhile project, but it was—it was difficult, very, very difficult.
1: I have to imagine, yeah, because people are like, "What am I getting myself into here? What is this?" But
2: and they didn't know what role they were, what kind of role they were coming in for.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: So you know, I just told everyone, just be yourself. You know, be yourself. (laughs) Right. How do you feel about season three
0: now that it's over? I mean, you've, you you were there in the beginning to cast people, and then you get to actually watch their performances. What was that like?
2: Oh, it was great. Yeah. It was great. And it was wonderful on se- season three to t- see the actors who I hadn't seen since um, the very beginning, too. And yeah. It was great. It was like, well, everybody, everybody who works on a set with David, it's pretty
1: much one big love
0: fest yeah 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 that's all i ever hear is everybody's so happy just to work with him i mean it's something else it's
2: they say they've been spoiled you know (laughs) i believe that
0: yeah yeah So would you would you have gotten to see the whole script? I mean, we always talk about Kyle getting to see the script, and only few people would actually get to see uh, the new. I'm thinking I'm talking about the new series, the the actual uh, script. Right,
2: the most recent one, I got to read the whole script, which David was constantly rewriting, ah. right to the very end. Wow! Everybody who got to read a script um, had to read it up at his house and leave it there. And so that made, when I say it was exhausting casting, it was because half the time I couldn't remember all the characters because I didn't have the script in front of me. Oh, my oh yeah. And, and then when I spoke to the agents, um, I couldn't tell them what the character was or what it was about. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> That's challenging. It was very, very unique casting experience, yeah. to say the least.
0: If David is rewriting constantly, that means there's the there's the opportunity for new characters that you have to cast, right? I mean, right? Yeah. Oh, that's right. a pain.
2: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know how he did it, to be honest, because it w- he would do that during shooting. He would, wow. you know, be out filming, and then he'd go home and he'd be writing. You know, writing new scenes, writing new characters. Wow. I don't know how he got any rest at all.
0: Right. And I'm sure he's always prepping and preparing. And it's, yeah, that's long days.
2: But he knows exactly what he wants the minute he steps on the set. He's wow. totally prepared in his head. It's am- it's really amazing. It's something. I mean, very, very impressive. It is. I mean, I it's such, this whole uh,
0: season three, The Return, is amazing that... I mean, it's amazing he pulled off like 18 parts that he directed all of them. He wrote it and edited it and edited sound design, right? Makeup. I mean, it was just seems like he was so involved with this. I mean, it just
2: music and music. music, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: So, I mean, it's so impressive that to pull this off. I mean,
2: yeah, but we do have to give Dwayne Dunham credit for editing. Right.
0: Right. Yes. And yeah, he's an amazing editor.
2: Oh yeah, he is.
0: you've worked with some really big names and you've really been really involved and it's it's so impressive what you've done with your career
2: well thank you i guess when you stay stay in it long enough
0: (laughs) (laughs) you made the right choices and you are where you are today because of what you've done And, and i just want to say thank you
1: yeah thank you
2: well thank you it's been fun
0: Were you asked about season three or how did you find out about season three of, of
3: Twin Peaks? What- I don't remember. Honestly, I don't remember. Yeah. I, I mean, as far as, as what I do remember, by the time I actually heard about it, I think it was on like uh, within a couple months after oh, yeah. I heard about it. Yeah. So they were well into it and all that. And, you know, just like a lot of things like like Twin Peaks firewalk with me. I kind of just didn't have any interest because I thought, you know, we're the original cast. That's what really felt like that's what people want to see. And apparently I was right. I mean, that's what they all tell me. And I really would want to work in that same capacity with the same cast. You know what I mean?
0: Mm -hmm. And uh,
3: uh, I don't know. It didn't pique any interest in. me in the new series. I mean, I was hoping it does well, but I didn't know the premise of it, or anything. I hmm. really knew very little of it. And I was very hard to locate. So, Uh, I know that some people tried to contact me for footage in it, uh, to use footage in it, but I never got the messages and I was very difficult to get a hold of. So I didn't know anything. And I still don't, believe it or not, I have not seen a second of it, of the new series.
0: Before we go, is there anything else you want to share about working on Twin Peaks?
3: Pretty amazing to me that it's become such a phenomenon and it still remained in it it seems like it's you know just as strong as it was if not stronger when it was on
0: well thank you to Johanna and Eric for those interviews for our book Twin Peaks unwrapped that you can you know if you like this interviews there's more great interviews that we did for our book Twin Peaks unwrapped the book that you can get at bluerosemag.com. We're not gonna do all our interviews here on the podcast, but we love sharing these and there's nothing, I mean, there's nothing better to actually hear them talking about the experience. I mean, you can read it on paper, but there's also a great thing to be able to hear them talk about this. So I'm so glad we could share it with everyone. Two great gets that. Yeah, I was a little nervous about like, do I want to bring up uh, the past of Eric's dad and stuff like that, but it was interesting that like, I thought it was kind of interesting for for history where he was involved with 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 Twin Peaks and, and and promoting the show and this thing happens at the same time. So it was so nice that he was willing to talk about that. And he, I mean, he was so brave to even like just continue. I probably would have like been like done it, but he still went out to the fans and was promoting the show and, and kind of, it was like a celebration, I think the return of the show back in the second season.
1: Yeah. Well, if you like what you heard today, Get your copy, because we're running low, at bluerosemag.com. Also, uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, send us an email at twinpeaksunwrapped at gmail.com, and you can subscribe to us on iTunes, give us a five-star review, or on Spotify, Google Play. And with that being said, we'll be back in two weeks.
0: This is where we live, Shelly!